0: All right, welcome back to the To Be Better podcast. This is our episode two. Uh, we have a lot to discuss. Um, I want We have fielded questions that we got from YouTube, TikTok, and emails. We have emails. We have uh, conversations that we would like to have. And for those of you guys who are not subscribed to the YouTube channel, there are five or six small snippet videos that we recorded yesterday that are up currently. Um, and obviously, this will be live on Sunday. So Uh, Today's Thursday, ironically enough. I'm recording this early enough that I have plenty of time to edit without having to worry. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who don't follow us, we are the Chris's. We are both TikTok creators, which sounds absolutely crazy to say. Um, And we make videos helping people learn to communicate and to try to make relationships better. One of the things that we've talked about on our TikToks at at length is the um, report cards, our check-ins. Yes. So we want to, I want to add to that. For those of you who don't know, our, our report cards are what we, what we call report cards are our marriage check-ins. Once every week or every two weeks, we sit down, um, phones get put away, TVs are turned off, we face each other. Normally you sit in my lap straddling me mm-hmm. and you ask the three questions.
1: How is your mental health? How am I doing as your wife? And what can I do to be better?
0: Right. And then I answer those and mm-hmm. I ask you the same questions and we go on. So I would like to add two new questions to that at the end
1: evolution right
0: so this is to give us a a sandwich essentially right because asking how my mental health is and asking how you're doing as a wife Mm -hmm. and then asking how you know all three questions could become it could all be negative i could have bad mental health this week and you know we could have bad things so we will add um what is one thing that i did not do to your standard this week and that could be anything could be Mm -hmm. cleaning could be communication spending money whatever and then the final question is what did i do that i excelled at this week so that when we end that conversation that should be the last thing i ask because obviously we have other conversations that are involved in that right that final conversation that final question is leaving the discussion on a positive note so that we do not feel like we were beat down we can just go on now mm-hmm. for those of you who have never done the check-in we recommend that you try it at least once you are not allowed to get angry yeah when your partner gives you <laughs> criticism it's criticism that you asked for if you are giving the criticism, it has to be done in a polite manner. You're not supposed to do shit on your partner in any way. And um, you have to remember that you asked for this. Mm-hmm. So in the event that you get an F on your report card, that F is indicative of your behavior, and the only thing that you can do is work to bring that grade up. So for those of you who haven't done that, that's my challenge for you this week is to try the, ch- the check-in. Also, uh, before we get into questions... um. If you get anything of value from this podcast, anything, even if it's just one thing, we ask that you share it. Uh, that way people can possibly gain something as well and it can help drive our entire goal of change and making people better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Do you have anything that you want to start with before we field questions? Because I've been told that I, I need to work on saying the F-bomb. Right. I need to not say like so much, not say um so much. All three of those we are both trying. Yeah. If we drop the F-bomb, it's intentional. At least okay. that's what we're working for. And um, I have been told that I talk too much, which is really weird because in real life I don't talk that much.
1: It's okay. I, I enjoy listening to your voice.
0: Well, I was just told on TikTok that I was lecturing you. <sighs> yeah. So we weren't having a dialogue. There was no conversation. I was lecturing you. Yep. So, so. <clears throat> needless to say, I blocked them.
1: Yeah. guess people's perceptions are reality.
0: That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Um, We have multiple things here. Do you want to get into some questions or do you want to just read emails? How would you like to proceed today?
1: Let's start with the questions. Okay.
0: Um, We answered some of these in shorter videos because we didn't want to have a five-hour podcast. We tried to do this earlier and got hungry and stopped and we're starting (laughs) fresh and we were almost two hours in. So this is probably going to be a longer format podcast. If you don't want those, we do have shorter videos that we will continue to release on YouTube as well. And obviously on TikTok, Odin's Inc. Inc. underscore
1: goddess 13.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, One more time. Yeah.
1: <gasps> so nice.
0: Let's see. You mentioned contracts between the two of you a couple of times. Can you elaborate more, especially on the exit contract? Get him, babe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to go into the specifics of the exit contract. Okay.
0: So then, let's 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 just kind of elaborate on this a little bit, mm-hmm. and then we can vaguely talk on the exit strategy. Okay. Um, we talk about our contract so much because we have all of I refer to it as expectations laid out, mm-hmm. expectations adhered to. If I know what I need to do to make you happy, there's no excuse for it not to get done. Right. So we have had numerous conversations. There have been papers drawn up, like we like we we wrote them down, mm-hmm. not drawn up like legally, but um, where. You're like, okay, these are my jobs. I'm gonna cook, clean. What was that? Are you, are you bewitching me over there? Oh, I'm
1: getting ready to sneeze, and I'm trying to stop it. <laughs> um,
0: I I'm gonna cook, clean, uh, handle grocery shopping, make sure the kids are taken care of, you know, yada 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 right. yada. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'll make sure that your vehicle always runs. Make sure that you know all the finances are taken care of. Make sure that your bank account always has X amount of dollars in it. These are gonna be things that I do: lawn work, blah blah blah. So there was not a single piece of, of work that has to be done around the house that was not covered. And in the event that it doesn't get covered and something new comes along, like when we bought the hot tub,
2: right.
0: I was like, I really want a hot tub, but I don't want to maintain it. You're like, well, I'll maintain it. I'm like, cool. Then why we'll hot tub? Right. Right. So that became your job just that it, you know, it takes you two seconds to throw mm-hmm. a shock in the hot tub. It's just something I didn't want to deal with. Um, but because we laid out those contracts, those expectations, we know, if the garbage isn't getting taken out, there's nobody to blame there but me because garbage is my job. Mm-hmm. In the event that dishes aren't getting put away, it's because you didn't put the dishes away. It doesn't mean that I don't help with the dishes. It doesn't mean that you don't help with the garbage. It just means that we have an, an expectation of who's going to do what. Mm-hmm. And it makes the household run very smoothly because there's a job and everyone has a job. We do those jobs and we get a lot of free time because we work together.
1: It's a crazy concept, right?
0: And Teamwork, I know it's insane. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: Um as for the exit contract, um we will not get into the details of this and I I I appreciate you actually wording it that way because I don't like actually using the D word. We don't joke, joke about mm-hmm. leaving, you know, none of that actually happens here. So when we decided that we were going to make a run of this and you were going to be my lifelong companion that in the event that things were going to go bad because I owned businesses that I needed to make sure you were going to be able to bounce back onto your feet Mm -hmm. and hit the ground running in your life if things go that route. So we had a prenuptial done. That prenuptial makes sure that you were taken care of for a few months while we get our life back on track. And that's as far as we're going to go on that. Mm -hmm. If you have somebody that you are dating or you are getting serious with or even going to marry soon and you don't have... All of these expectations laid out, you are going to run into a ton of problems. And when we read these emails later, you're going to see exactly what I mean by that, because one of these emails that we got dictates exactly what I just said. Yep. Somebody that's been together for a long time that didn't mm-hmm. have any expectations, they did not do anything that they needed to do in terms of laying that foundation, and their life is a mess because of it. Yeah. So um, do you have anything that you would like to add to that one? Because that was a shorter one. That was an easy one. Yeah. We're warming up today.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, next one. All
0: right. Um, would you be open to talking about communications versus, communication versus comprehension? Ooh. This is a good one.
1: That is a really good one. That tickled my brain. Did it? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, have
0: at it then. They so. want to hear you talk anyways.
1: <laughs> so we push hard on communication. And I realized the other day we don't really have any videos about comprehension. Communication is just half of that. Mm-hmm. Being able to comprehend and understand what your partner is telling you without getting angry is a big deal. Right.
0: I usually word it as receiving it. Yeah. But comprehension is, is I guess, more encompassing.
1: Right. So on the communication aspect, you have to be able to deliver something while paying attention to your tone and your choice of words and all that kind of stuff. And on the comprehension of it, you have to be able to remove your emotional side and listen logically. Because nine times out of ten when a partner comes to you, even if they're being a little bit aggressive... They might not know another way of saying it, right. which is why sometimes I have to preface like, hey, this might be dick of me to say, but right. I have to say it. So in that comprehension, they come at you nasty, repeat back to them what they said to you. That way, one, they're going to hear how you're, they're talking to you. And two, it's going to show whether you understand what they're trying to communicate to you or if it needs to be worded another way.
0: I think there's a lot that plays into that. Yeah. I think that you need to be aware of the part your partner's body language, mm-hmm. your body language, because if you, uh, you know, what you say is not always the case. Sometimes it's how you say it, right? right? So your body language is going to dictate the way things are taken. Um, nonverbal communication, seventy to eighty percent of communication. Uh, being able to predefine words, if you say something and I'm having a hard time understanding. I will I will repeat it. And if you're like, I don't understand, I'm like, okay, well, this is the word that I'm getting hung up on. Mm-hmm. You're saying blah, blah, blah. And the way that I define that word means blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, that's not what I mean. Okay, well, that's where our communication breakdown is happening because I don't understand what you're saying to me. Now that I understand the way that you're defining the word, we can move forward. Comprehension also comes down to knowing how your partner communicates. If I'm a very straight to the point, blunt communicator mm-hmm. and you are a very detailed oriented communicator, you need to know, you need to know everything, what time of day it was, if it was raining, obviously this isn't the case. This is an example. Right. You need to know time of day it was, who was around, you know, what color the sky was and you need all that information. And I come at you and I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And, that, and that's it. You get like four or five words of the sentence and you're, you're missing all the other context that mm-hmm. your brain needs. I am not effectively communicating your communication style with you. Right. So we know each other's communication style. And in some cases, I am a very blunt communicator. Sometimes I will just rather you talk to me like a dick, say what you have to say so that I can understand it, we can go. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able to, like I said, define and then the understanding of everything. Yeah, I think that's super important. Oh, yeah. Comprehension also, I think, doesn't <laughs> necessarily um get looked at very much because people are more, they're they're waiting to speak. mm mm-hmm. So they're not actively listening. You know, this is called selective hearing. Selective listening is a thing. Right. If I have my phone in my hand and you say something to me, I guarantee you I caught half of what you said. Mm -hmm. And I'll have to put my phone down and be like, okay, babe, you have my undivided attention now. I only caught half of what you said. I wasn't actively listening. I need you to repeat yourself. Normally, you don't get mad about that. Normally, you just repeat yourself.
2: Right. Or I'll wait
0: until you're done on your phone. Right. But in the event that it was important Mm -hmm. and you needed my undivided attention and I didn't give it to you, It's going to make the conversation step up a notch because you needed me right then and there and I was on my phone. So those things go a long way. Um, There was also something called the iPhone effect that I learned yesterday that I want to share with everyone. We talked about this earlier. Mm -hmm. The iPhone effect states that when two people are engaged in conversation, if a phone is on the table, up or down, doesn't matter. If somebody can see it subconsciously, they know that they're... um, person, not you know what I mean, not their partner, but whoever they're engaging with is not fully engaged because they're aware that the phone is there and they're aware that the phone has all of the world at their fingertips. So they are not completely um, invested in what's happening. Mm -hmm. There was a big study done about it. And now that I know that whenever we have conversations, the phones will be put in pockets or put in another room so that we can have those conversations without a distraction. And my watch is going to have to go too because I get all of my emails and shit Mm -hmm. to my watch. So. I thought that was pretty important to talk about. Before
1: Um, we move on from the comprehension, I also want to say it's super important. Like if you don't understand, it's important to communicate that. Absolutely. That's part of the comprehension. If you're not understanding, you're not comprehending properly. There is nothing wrong with saying, I have no idea what you just said to me. (laughs) Try again. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of couples get hung up on the not understanding. They just attack.
0: Yeah, I could see that.
1: You know. Just to toss that
0: in. I think that I think that in the same same breath that people become one person. Mm-hmm. You know, you get so used to just being around your partner that things become so fluid and normal that you can say something and and you think that they've just got it because you've got that communication style now, and they'll get hung up on a single thing mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and not know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> As you guys hear her huh. choking back there, she's getting over something. So yeah. if you hear that throughout the podcast. That sucks. <laughs> I don't want tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: I love how you just outed yourself.
0: Yeah. I, I'm guilty of that. I, how am I going to get better if I don't own my shit? You know what I mean? I All love right. it though.
1: It's nice. And All right. Attractive.
0: All right. Um, what have either of you done to really start healing from past relationship issues such as triggers aside from accountability? Before you answer anything in that, I need to express my my outlook on extreme accountability. Mm-hmm. I get so much shit for this, from this or for this because people don't understand that I view every situation that happens to me or because of me as my fault. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what it is. I don't care what it is. I could get cancer tomorrow and people are like, oh, it's not your fault. Well, there's the difference between taking, taking accountability and blaming myself. If I didn't eat processed sugar and I ate better and I made better food choices, there's a strong possibility that I wouldn't have gotten cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a, a very general, broad fucking nonsense.
2: Right.
0: But it's fair to say that yeah. cancer is normally an, an environmental thing. If mm-hmm. I work in a factory and I get cancer, well, there's I could have gotten a different job. Right. Um, sometimes, obviously, there's no way of knowing how that came about or why that's a thing. This is, I probably picked, I should have picked a different scenario, but whatever. I am an extreme accountability guy. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have picked apart my past relationships. I've picked apart our conversations. I pick apart things I say on TikTok and I dwell on them because I don't want to regress ever. So in terms of working through my triggers, um, I'm still working through my triggers. I will probably always work through my triggers because there are small things that will set me off like earlier today, and I will get so wound up that I don't even realize I'm getting wound up, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and just for quick scenario, I got I read something earlier today and got extremely upset by it, almost cried, got like angry, angry about it. And you were like, "Okay, we need to take a break." Yeah. And I had to. We had to step away from what we were doing, and I needed 15 minutes to regain my composure. And I came back, and I was fine afterwards. <clears throat> but it was because of me viewing a situation as weakness and people not taking the accountability of their life. That's as far as I'm going to go with that because I don't right. want to you know, put too much of that out there. Um, so now that I've explained the extreme accountability because that is something that they threw in there because of the way that we talk about it, Um, what have either of you two done to really start healing from past relationship issues such as triggers aside from accountability? Go.
1: Accountability. <laughs> like... <laughs> Really all of it, it, it comes down to accountability. Like me working past my past traumas, knowing that I am now able to see things before they get to a point of it becoming a trauma for me, right. heals me. Like I learned from that. Now going forward, I know what to look out for to prevent myself from ever being hurt like that again. A lot of people when it comes to like traumas are seeking validation from the person that hurt them and they think that that's what's going to heal them. Nine times out of 10, you're never going to get closure from whoever right. caused the pain for you. Like for an example, someone got cheated on that person might not ever apologize for cheating on you. They will probably never tell you why they cheated on you. You're not going to get the truth. You have to just accept that that situation happened. Yeah. I would say Acceptance. Mm -hmm. Is another thing I use to heal. Acceptance is huge. Accepting that happened, learning from that situation, and just moving on, that's really the only advice I got. You have to heal yourself, and accepting that you'll never get the validation from somebody who hurt you, who caused those traumas, is also a big key. And then for my triggers, it's just accountability on the triggers. Like, my socks getting wet, triggering me,
0: Mm-hmm. You mean for anxiety and shit?
1: Right. Like, am I going to get pissed off at the water? You know? it.
0: I think this was more along the lines of people, past relationship, traumas, things like that.
2: Mm.
0: I think for me, me personally, a lot of my my past trauma shit, I, I use, I just say get over it, right? Yeah. And people are like, you can't just get over your trauma. It takes work. Yeah, no shit. I didn't say that it didn't take work. I said to get over it. Right. So if that means that you have to do the dirty work and it takes you six years to get over something, mm-hmm. do the six years. Put the time in. Do whatever you have to do to be a better person than you were yesterday. If it takes you six years and it you're 1% better every single day over those six years, and that's what it takes, then mm-hmm. so be it. And if you regress during that six years and it adds a year, so what? Like the whole point is that eventually this doesn't bother you anymore. So for me, you know, I, I know that a lot of my accountability in dealing with my my trauma is knowing that I had a part in it. So I don't want to repeat those. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to be the cause of people's nonsense. And like, I don't want to be the person that is the villain in someone else's story. I know that I am and a lot and right. I, that I, there's nothing I can do about <clears throat> that. Who I was 10 years ago is not who I am today. So I'm doing the work in that aspect. That yeah. shit just takes time. It's a healing process and it's it's active work and constantly knowing that anything that's not growing, evolving and changing is mm-hmm. stagnant or dead. And I don't want that. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to finish with, with this last thought. My, I've written my own eulogy. Mm-hmm. I wrote it at 40. I've written it for when I turn 50 and when I turn 60. So if I died at 50 or 60, I would know what I want said at my funeral, which is kind of morbid, but it helps me dictate who I want to be, you know, because who I wanted to be when I was 20 and 30 is not who I want to be at 50 and 60. The only thing that matters to me when I die is that at my funeral, <laughs> somebody says, he was a good man. Mm-hmm. He was a leader of men. That's it. I don't care anything else. Is, I, don't, I don't care. There's right. nothing else that you can say that's going to make mm-hmm. me feel good if I'm dead. Besides those two things, I want to affect change, and I do that through leadership. And I want to be a good man so that I can somehow right the wrongs of my past. You know what I mean? So right. I don't know, kind Tough. of, kind of a lot. But
1: before you move on, I want to touch on the the triggers thing, like how I healed from triggers. Okay. I view my triggers as a learning opportunity to understand myself better. That's good. So if, I don't know, you phrase something in a way that I feel like you're attacking me and I get triggered, I try to take a step back and be like, okay, why did that affect me so much? Right. You know, was it his tone? Was it his verbiage? Is it, was he not looking at me when he said it? That kind of thing. Learning that and growing from that is a huge part of me healing my triggers.
0: All right. Well, that's you taking accountability and then addressing the problem if it wasn't you. Right. Because you basically just said that you look at all of the internal sources mm-hmm. first to figure out if it was a you thing, and if it's not, then you know how to approach the situation.
1: Damn, is that really like an accountability thing? It, like?
0: Absolutely accountability. Huh. <laughs> that's extreme accountability. Everything is your fault until you realize it's not, and then you can figure out how you're going to address the problem. I don't forward. have an
1: answer outside of accountability. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I do. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Um,
0: on one of your podcasts... Can you talk about how you got into a dom sub relationship, and if you think it's possible to do that ten years into a relationship's last marriage? Also, what is your best advice for communicating those needs to your partner? And I have a shitting grin on my face because we tried this three times yesterday and could <laughs> not get through this question.
1: <laughs> I got so irritated. Yep.
0: So remember that we are still <laughs> on the internet. Yes, we are, and we internet. have to be careful with the way that we answer this because we do not want to get anyone in trouble. I
1: have to censor myself. Yes.
0: That's so so hard. we got into a dom-sub relationship because we wanted that. Mm-hmm. I had vanilla relationships in the past. And I've had dom-sub relationships in the past. And I swore that if I ever got into another long-term relationship, it would have to be dom-sub. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't want it. Because even though sex is not everything in a relationship, it is a huge part of it. And if I'm not enjoying that aspect of my long-term life, it's not for me you said something similar and that you've had dom sub relationships in the past and you were okay with it. And then when we started our relationship, I got a high five from you one night and you were like, I'd never had this. This is amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Um, <laughs> I had pat myself on the back, but I can't reach my own back. Um, Good for you. <laughs> so the, is it possible to do that 10 years into a relationship slash marriage? Yes. Yes, it is. There is a lot of conversations and research that has to be done i thought about this a lot since yesterday
1: yeah i can tell
0: you cannot just have that conversation first and foremost it's taboo for a lot of a lot of people don't want to have that conversation Mm -hmm. kinks can be weird that's not something that a lot of people are comfortable having a conversation with especially if you've known for someone for 10 years and that's never been a conversation that's hard So the conversation first needs to happen. Like, hey, I would appreciate if if you're talking to your perceived dom, Mm -hmm. I would like you to be a little bit more dominant in the bedroom. There's a few things that I would like to try. And just lay out the most generic things that you can think of that's not going to put your partner in an uncomfortable situation. I'm not going to give you examples of that because I don't know your partner. Mm -hmm. You have to know your partner. So in our scenario, because I know how extreme we can get, If you were to come to me and we had a... Stop it.
1: That makes me feel good. Stop it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you came to me and we had a vanilla relationship and you said something along the lines of, can you just hold my wrist down while we play tonight? It's a form of restraint. Right. It gives me control to be completely dominant over you. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And you say something like, uh, if I say pineapple, you have to stop. Cool. We've established rules. You've told me what you wanted. We have Mm -hmm. a safe word in the event that that's a thing. Uh, which always should be a thing.
1: Yes. If if a person tells you you do not need a safe word, run. run. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and then if, if that's an enjoyable scenario for the two of you and you want to take it to the next step, you suggest something a little more extreme. And then mm-hmm. sit on your phones together on the couch and search kink websites. You will find all kinds of shit on Reddit, all kinds of stuff on, on actual websites that can tell you a lot about the dom sub lifestyle and and you can have conversations about it. I really did put a lot of thought into this since yeah, yesterday because we struggled I'm, with this yesterday. Yeah, you're, um, doing,
1: you're doing really good. Back.
0: Wait, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you should have done the fucking Nixon yeah, shit. <laughs> that's funny.
0: Um, I, I can I just say that I love this thing. I love that you. It's love it. It's so much fun to me, yeah. and it's so cheesy. Like I feel <laughs> like a kid with like one of those little rollout out things at for parties. that right. uh, Anyways. It's so dumb. I enjoy it though. <laughs> um, so in the event that you have those conversations and you want to take things a step further, you can do it together. Mm-hmm. The websites are there. Mm-hmm. And if you read the, the articles out loud and you're both engaged with each other and you're having a conversation while you're reading them, you're going to find things that that do it for both of you. And if you're uncomfortable having the conversation about all of this, I feel like the best way to do it is say, I read an article today. And in that article, this was descriptive and that needs to be the what you want them to try because you can say that it did something for you. Because like now you are putting the blame on the article. You're not <laughs> making yourself into some weird kink thing just right. in case your partner doesn't perceive it as, as normal and you may be able to completely change your sex life.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Go me. You nailed that. I, I think so. Good for you. <laughs> Um okay. This is the last question from this list. And then I think that you had some on your phone too. But okay. uh, we are 25 minutes in. We are blowing through these. Yeah. Yep. It's because we ate before we sat down. <laughs> yeah. that Chick-fil-A yeah. power. Yeah. It's that Jesus chicken. Mm. All right. Um, what are your views on your partner going out to see friends regularly? Do you feel like it is inappropriate to go out five nights a week when you have a partner and kids at home? Or is it just the case of the dynamic of the relationship? on whether or not it's okay for that. I'm going to let you Mm. answer that first because I have a lot of opinions on this and I'm going to hopefully you cover some of them so that I don't get angry. (laughs) So,
1: My first like knee jerk reaction opinion is over my dead body. Yeah. Will my spouse go out five days a week while I am at home with children? Mm -mm, No. That is if you want to be single, just say that.
0: (laughs) That's it. That's it. That was exactly my thought process when I read that. Yeah. Why would you want to um, devote yourself? I was going to say divulge, and that's not the right mm-hmm. word. Devote yourself right. to somebody who is not committed to your kingdom. Right. You, you build a foundation. You mm-hmm. build a home. Woman comes along, turns the house into a home. You're yeah. happy. You have kids. Now you're neglecting your family so that you can go out and party and have a good time while your woman and your kids are at home. Without their father and husband. How many times have have I gone out without you? Never. Not once.
1: No. I can't think of a single instance where you've left the house without me.
0: I'm not doing that unless I'm going to work. In the event that I want to go do something, Mm -hmm. I want you to go. You are my best friend, the person that I enjoy being around most on, on this planet. So if I'm going somewhere, the idea of you not coming with me is a travesty. I don't want that. Why would I want to go do that? I don't get sick of you. We're around each other more than most couples are around each other. Let's be honest. I'm semi-retired, and with you being a stay-at-home wife, I'm, I'm home a lot, especially right. after the hurricane. We're doing podcasts together. We're working on a coaching business. We are doing a lot together. We don't argue. We don't fight.
1: I'm living the fucking life. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> we're
0: we're getting ready to start going to musicals. We're planning uh. vacations for next year. We're looking into new business ventures in other states. We are doing the thing. Right, and it's fucking amazing. Sorry for the F-bomb mom. That was intentional because that was an impactful right. F-bomb. I want to make sure that our life is super dope. In the event that that I had someone that I haven't seen for 20 years that came into town and was like, hey, bro, I'd really like to go get a drink with you. I quit drinking eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Sorry, man. I, I don't do that anymore. That, it's just not a thing for me. You want to go to the gym with me one morning? We can do that. You're training with me. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know what I mean? That that idea of me needing that time away from you, it's not, I don't need it. I don't need that. It's not something that I physically need.
2: Right.
0: I understand that people do. I understand that there are people out there who genuinely can only take their partner in small doses or may not even like them, but they're together out of convenience. I'm, I'm lucky in that aspect. In the event that you were like, uh, I'm going to go do boyfriend night. For anybody that doesn't know, I don't know why you guys call it that.
1: <laughs> I, I said it as a joke and it just stuck.
0: But there are six, seven women that work for work with us uh that's, in one of the businesses.
1: So I would say Boyfriend Night compo- composes about four or five of us.
0: Okay. And you, it's all women. You mm-hmm. guys go to Olive Garden, eat breadsticks and, and drink whatever it is that you drink in in that your evening. Right. You've done that twice mm-hmm. since we've been together. There was a third one planned and I ruined it because I didn't put it in my phone and made plans for something else. Right.
1: But I want to clarify, I, I canceled that night because I'd rather spend
0: the time with you. Right. But in the event that you wanted to go do something, mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. I, I won't, I, okay, and I'm going to say this and I I mean this. So before anybody can go in the comments and be like, I can't believe you said that. This is intentional. I won't let you go to a bar or a nightclub. If you want to do that and you want to live that life, you will do that. And I will do my own thing. Mm-hmm. That is not something that I am okay with. The only reason why you would want to go into those situations without me is because you need attention from people. Right. If you want to have a drink, you can do that anywhere you want. You can mm-hmm. go to a restaurant, you can go to a an upscale restaurant. There are a lot of options to do that if that's what you wanted to do. But to put yourself in a position where you know you're going to be hit on is a blatant disrespect to me. That would I be agree. that would be the only time that you came to me and said you wanted to do something without me where I would have a problem. Mhm. Otherwise, go do what you want to do. I, I don't care. I mean, I do. I would much rather you be with me and, and us having a, you know, yeah. a lazy night on the couch. But I understand that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The idea of having five nights a week out, I, I, can't, even, I can't imagine doing that. Like, I, I'm so old. <laughs>
1: what do you even do five nights a week? Like
0: <laughs> Watch Forged in Fire?
1: No, I mean, like going out. Oh, like, what are you doing five nothing. nights a week?
0: How can you afford that?
1: Like the only thing that comes to my mind is sitting in a park and smoking weed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you, 12? <laughs> what, else,
1: what else are you doing? Like if you are, you have a family, right? you're in a relationship, like respectfully, what are you doing those five nights a week where you're not home with your family?
0: So there's 52 weeks in a year, yeah. right? That's That's a lot of weeks that you are missing out on your kids growing up. And if you spend a one year from the age of, we'll call it three to four, Mm -hmm. while you're going out every single night and the mom is at home raising the child, there are um, behavioral patterns that are going to be missed that the dad should be instilling at that age that Mm -hmm. is not going to happen because you have decided that going out and drinking and fucking up in life is more important than raising your family.
1: Right. Disgusting.
0: Yeah. I got really mad when I read that question the first time.
1: Yeah, understandably.
0: I'm I'm really you know, I, I there are a few things that really get to me and it's it's cowardly, like mm-hmm. weak, frail men really bothers me. The lack of masculinity gets to me bad. And people who are there but not present when it comes to their family, especially if there's kids involved. And I, I use that term because I heard it months ago and it was one of the most profound things because people think, Well, just because you're there, I'm home, what more do you want? I want you to be present. Right. Put the put the, the Xbox controller down and come and read a book. Mm-hmm. Go play soccer, take your kid to the park like and in, in, engage them at the dinner table. How was your day, son? Did you meet a girl? Are you wrestling? What, tell me about your life. I want to be engaged in, yeah and involved yeah. and I need to know what's going on. The idea that we live in a society where it's okay to ignore your family just doesn't do it for me.
1: Mm-mm. Nope
0: yep so now uh, there's a whole bunch of Amazon packages on the front porch, including the wedding card that we have to send out to, um, Oh, I ordered one.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah.
0: Do you want to answer questions from your phone or do you want to get into the emails? Um, we're 32 minutes in. So we we have a lot of time to talk because we're flying through this. Let me see. <laughs> 32 <laughs> minutes. We're flying.
1: <laughs> I mean, we've unpacked a lot in 32 minutes. Yep.
0: Okay. While you're looking for that, I have one. Mm hmm. It says I was raised. This is we talked about this earlier. We, I was raised that a man doesn't talk about emotions to the, his better half because the man is supposed to be strong. Is that wrong? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I I am I am one of the stoic men who you know I I'm that guy. Right, I, yeah. I Very rarely will you see me break down, and when I do, I'm not talking until I get my emotions under control mm-hmm. because I was raised that way but you have seen that vulnerable side of me. You have seen it more than anyone else because I don't show that to the world. That's a you thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I I am a very passionate person, mm-hmm. so there are things that I will get way overworked over, and that's not always mad. Right. It, it comes across very intense because I'm a passionate person. Mm-hmm. But in the event that I start to get emotional and I need to cry or I'm going to like truly lose my poop, we're doing that home but I'm not ashamed to let you see it. It's ugly. Nobody wants to see snot bubbles coming out of their partner's face. Like that ugly crying is gross. Nobody wants to see that. But if somebody has to see it, I would rather be you than a therapist or somebody else. That doesn't make you weak. Mm -mm. It doesn't make you frail. It actually makes you in control of your emotions, Mm -hmm. especially if you're having a day where you're ready to break down and you can keep that inside until you get home and you and your partner can, you can let it out and they can comfort you and then you can have the discussions that need to be had on why you feel like you're feeling, bro. Yeah. It is not weakness. Mm
1: -hmm. I see you stronger as a man in those moments.
0: Yeah. I have such a hard time with that shit. I know. And it's not because I don't want you to see me as weak. I know that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. So logically, my logic brain says that that's not the case. Emotionally, there's a fear that you will throw up my face one day. Because that is a trauma thing for me that I've right. never gotten over because it's happened. I'm also afraid because I have so much bottled up that if that court comes off and I actually let go that I will end up Baker acting because it's happened multiple times. <laughs> and it's funny, but it's not really funny. You right. know, my, I, I had a three-day stay turned into a 33-day process, so... I try not to do that. I try to process my shit the best that I can and, and empty that bottle out enough that I can stuff some more shit in there and put the cork back on. But, uh, it's definitely not weakness. And if you're, I think, uh, I'm going to use Jordan B. Peterson as an example, because I, I admire that man. Mm-hmm. Like if he shows up on my TikTok or my YouTube, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm stopped. I listen to what he says. Right. Dude has an IQ of 150. He's 10 points under Einstein. He is fucking smart. Sorry, mom. I did not mean to drop that F bomb. Um, Guys, so real quick, before I continue with the Jordan B. Peterson thing, the reason that I say the sorry mom is because my mom watches my my podcast, and I told her that I would try to to ease up on the F-bombs, uh, <laughs> my adopted mom, and, and I'm trying to adhere to that, so that's not for anyone other than her. Anyways, Jordan B. Peterson, that man can have a full-on dialogue with somebody through tears. He cries all the time, and he hates it. hmm and I, I I respect it. I respect it so much that he can have a conversation while crying. If I get to the point where I start to cry, I can't say a word because a single anything comes out of my mouth, it's game over. Ugly yeah. crying. I can't I can't control it. So much respect and admiration for that dude. So if you if you're able to maintain your you know control your emotions like that and you are in control of yourself, dude, that is not weakness at all. Mm-mm. You got anything?
1: Yeah, on that, my my thought process would be if you're not being emotionally vulnerable with me, who are you being emotionally vulnerable with?
0: In most cases, no one. That's why men unalive themselves at the rates that they do. Mm. We don't have the option of being vulnerable because most of the time it is weaponized and used against us. Or we're told, you know, we want you to be vulnerable, we want you to be emotional, and then when we do, we're called, you know, weak, right. and you're a pussy for crying. Fucking man up, you know. <laughs> F-bomb. To be better about that.
1: It really blows my mind that there are people out there like that.
0: All over the place. I've experienced it my entire life.
1: I don't I really I don't understand the thought process behind that. Like
0: different generations.
1: I don't know. I guess my (laughs) brain is just different. Like I I can't I can't fathom being that kind of person. Yeah. To throw somebody's past in their face like that. Especially when they're being vulnerable in a moment. Disgusting. I I hardcore judge people who do that shit. Yeah. And if somebody watching this gets offended by that, look inside of yourself and ask yourself why you're offended by me saying that. Yeah.
0: I see you staring pretty hard over there.
1: I think I deleted the questions that I was going to bring up for this. I have the ones from the other day, but You do that one? Yeah.
0: I'll look for another question while you do that.
1: All right. So, this is just kind of bullet points. I was having a back and forth this morning with someone on Instagram and I wanted to just get like the gist of it on paper. So they have been together for nine years and there was a, there was no getting to know each other phase. So there wasn't really a discussion of what the foundation is going to look like. Okay. They just got together. He watches porn knowing that it bothers her. They have had kind of discussions about it. So... From my understanding, she didn't really elaborate on kind of discussions. I'm assuming it was brought up in a beat around the bush way, not really actually directly addressed. But in those moments, he places blame on her when she brings it up.
0: Okay, I'm going to pause you for half a second. Mm -hmm. When you guys send us emails, uh, one, we really appreciate it because it does give us content and it allows us to have a dialogue based off of what you're sending us when you send us information about things like this, it needs to be as detailed as possible because mm-hmm. you saying that you kind of talked about something. Mm, did you really? Like, I, I don't know what you said. Was right. was the um, attention solely on you? Were the phones put away? Did he repeat anything? Did he say understood? Was he making eye contact with you? There's a lot of things that I need to know whether or not the conversation was actually had or mm-hmm. if you were just like, hey, I don't like it when you do that and just walked out of the room. like, Right. So...
1: So from what I gathered in the messages, he is uninterested in her sexually. And it sounds like he doesn't really care for quality time with her anymore. And something else that she brought up is that. So they've been been together for nine years, Mm. eight years into the relationship. They started discussing marriage. She wants to get married and he doesn't. He thinks it's just a piece of paper. So in regards to that, I, I feel like if you envision yourself to be married at some point in your life, that conversi- conversation needs to happen like the first few dates. If you are looking for a long-term partner, you need to be looking for somebody who also wants a long-term partner. Right. Waiting eight years is far too long to bring up.
0: There needs to be a courting process. Right. I, I, I will repeat that until I'm blue in the face. You cannot swipe right and start dating. Mm-hmm you need to create a foundation and an understanding of who you're getting into bed with figuratively and you know factually um so that you know what you're getting into and i agree the marriage conversation should have happened mm-hmm. way early on sometimes that's not necessary you know some people just don't want to get married that's fine but if you don't want that and you know your partner does that it should be a conversation right the um the the marriage just being a piece of paper thing mm-hmm. Depends on your your view of what marriage is. I believe that people can get married without the government being involved in it. Right. Obviously, the government says otherwise because they want their money and want to have a say in, in the divorce. Mm-hmm. And lawyers obviously want the same thing, but a covenant between you, your partner, and God is a covenant between you, your partner, and God. The state should have nothing to do with that. And I'm, I won't say anything more than that because I believe that on all fronts, the government should have nothing to do with wedding, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but... If there was more to who he was as a person, marriage would not just be a piece of paper. Right. Did I say that as, as politely as I, I could? Okay.
1: Yeah, I think that came out decently. So they both have a hard time articulating feelings. I asked her, do you guys do check-ins? Do you guys do report cards? And she asked me what that was, so she hasn't heard of it before. Okay. Uh, so they both have a hard time articulating the feelings. If it's a topic he doesn't like, he shuts down the conversation and leaves. And that topic is never brought up again. So they never work through uh, okay. anything.
0: So okay. Okay. I mean, at this point, why bother even talking to him? Right. If you can't have a conversation, he doesn't respect you enough as a person to mm-hmm. listen to your your needs and validate you or even be empathetic to what you're saying. Right. You 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 are um
1: there's no willingness to comprehend.
0: Right. You're not um you're not equal. The equal is not the word I'm looking for, but you don't matter mm-hmm. to your partner. They're not validating you at all. You are basically a byproduct of their life. They don't care. Right. That's the word I'm looking for is, is escaping me, but that's that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. You first and foremost, you never walk away from a conversation. Ever. If you are like really stressed out and need to take a breath, you say, Hey, I'm starting to get worked up. I love you. I don't want to have an ar- argument with you. I need like just a couple minutes to walk around and catch my breath. If you got to go outside, smoke a cigarette, whatever it is that people do, go do that. But don't just get up and storm out of the room. Excuse me. You are killing any potential conversation. (coughs) You are making your partner feel like their um, issues do not matter to Mm -hmm. you. That is a huge problem, and it's super childish.
1: It is. It is super childish. It's killing any opportunity to grow as a couple, too. Right. So the last part, and this is actually what kills it for me, is that he has told other females I'm only around for the kids and don't have the balls to kick her out.
0: Yeah, that relationship's over with.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't.
0: That's cheating. Yeah. So it was the porn thing, and I'm, I'm going to get into that too. Yeah. But I was waiting because that the last time we had that conversation, it was a long one. Mm-hmm. That it, that that whole like talking to other people about what goes on in your home, we both agree is a big no no. You don't right. do that,
1: especially to the opposite gender.
0: Right, because you are opening the door. And I Mm -hmm. feel like in that statement, he's looking for the grass is greener. And if he found somebody that was sympathetic to him, Mm -hmm. that had something more than she has to offer, I'm willing to bet he would tuck tail and run. That is.
1: That's a very telling sentence.
0: It is. It is super telling. Everything that you just said there basically tells me that he doesn't want to be there. And he's only there for convenience because he hasn't found enough balls to change his life yet. And in the event that something comes along better that gives him a grass is greener scenario, he's out.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a ticking bomb right there.
0: Yeah. So can we talk about the porn thing for a minute or do you want to continue on that? Because I don't want to cut you off and like start doing what I do. Um, I'm trying to be aware of myself.
1: No, you can go ahead and. What?
0: Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you were like, I'm in. So I wasn't sure if you had a.
1: Well, I was looking to make sure I hit all the points and okay. that's pretty much it.
0: So that paper and this paper that I'm going to read next mm-hmm. both mention porn addictions.
1: Right. It's not necessarily porn addictions, but they they choose to watch porn over being intimate with their partner.
0: Right. Okay. Will you talk about the study?
1: Yeah. So there was... Actually, it was a couple of studies done that shows that watching porn chemically alters the brain. I'm going to pull it back up. That way I can say it verbatim and not...
0: Okay. Well, while you look for that... ...be incorrect. There is... A lot of major people in the world right now who are um, speaking out about men watching porn because of what it does, what you're about to read first and foremost, mm-hmm. but because you are um, becoming addicted to something that you shouldn't be addicted to. It is right. adultery. It is cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of us out there who watch it together. I'm not, not saying don't do that. I'm just saying that this is a problem for young men. I think that the attention that you are giving to yourself and to your phone in the moments that you are taking care of yourself while watching porn is intimacy lost with your partner. You are lusting after someone other than your partner. Mm-hmm. You, are, you are getting fake scenarios that would never happen with your partner. You are making an alternate reality in your brain of the way things are going to play out in sexual manners mm-hmm. to please yourself. <clears throat> Once you have these weird scenarios in your head you are not going to have the same intimacy with your partner because this is what you've programmed your brain to believe is intimacy. Right. Okay. And obviously, before anybody can go, well, intimacy isn't, you know, just sex. Yeah, no shit.
1: (laughs) (sighs) So, research, research has shown that pornography use is correlated with a physical change in the brain. The visual stimulus of pornography hijacks the brain's reward system and overwhelms it with unnatural prolonged dopamine levels. The result is the brain. The result is the brain physically deteriorating in shape, size, and chemical balance.
0: Wow! Yeah, that went way further than I thought it did. It actually changes the shape of the brain. Yeah. Like, is that from the pleasure centers of the brain?
1: Yeah. So, from my understanding,
0: does it not say
1: it's a whole ass? Article. Okay, I don't, you don't have to read yeah, all of that. So, from my understanding, because it is giving prolonged dopamine level releases. It could be killing. Right. That's. Wow. <laughs> I had the word. Have you been
0: watching too much porn, babe? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I'm toasty like a marshmallow right okay, now. that's good. <laughs> you could throw some chocolate and a graham cracker on me and call me a s'more. A, like A graham cracker? graham cracker. Okay.
0: Leave me alone. <laughs> Cut oh, that. I love it. No way. Cut it. No. Nope, I'm leaving that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Part of me hates
1: it, but part of me is just having fun and I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Before we move on, <laughs> this this just triggered a random thought in my mind. So okay. there was a, this is a couple of years ago and I had an older oven. And I smoked and I went to go make some pizza rolls and there was a little knob that turned and I had to turn it and it literally said bake on it. And I was like, me too.
0: (laughs) 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 All right. Yep. (laughs) So this email actually said in the, the, the subject matter, help frustrated in my relationship. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying that the first time I read this email, it infuriated me.
1: Mm-hmm. Me too.
0: Like really bad to the point where you were like, you can't talk like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this and try to maintain myself in the event that I start to get, you need to let me know to, to dial it back. Okay. I got
1: you. I'll just flare my nostrils at you. I'm going to be reading, so I need <laughs> oh, okay. a I need
0: an audible cue. Um, I just recently came across your content on TikTok and I really loved it and what it's all about, which is why I decided to write you Um, because I believe that I could use some advice from people who have experienced what I, um, and who have achieved what I also want to achieve. And before I display my situation, let me say thank you for your time and advice. You're welcome. Uh, I'm going to read the first paragraph and then pause, because there's a lot. Um, So my boyfriend and I, both 25, have been in a relationship for two years and seven months, uh, which is very specific. Um, We have been talking about getting married for a while now, and we both want the same traditional marriage. He says he wants a traditional wife. But I didn't think, I, I'm sorry, I don't think um, he is the type of man that actually wants one. His actions do not show what he wants. <clears throat> he uh, Here are the things I can't seem to, you hit the microphone. I was like, what was that? Um, sorry. Uh, here are some of the things I can't seem to link with wasting, uh, wanting a uh, traditional marriage. He is very inconsistent. He doesn't follow through with what he says he's going to do. He usually pays for stuff when it's convenient for him. Uh, He is not a gentleman. He watches porn. He is not driven or disciplined. He doesn't like to plan stuff. He just wants to go with the flow. He can't even stand up for himself. How is he going to protect a whole family? He is kind of lazy, except when it comes to doing physical work, which that is crazy to me. Um, He smokes pot. I think he has an addiction, but he won't uh, admit it. He lies constantly to avoid conflict. That's, that's the second paragraph of this whole email. That's the second paragraph. Yeah. Jeez. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a whole lot there. And and before we go on, reading that, if I was to just read that paragraph and take out the part where we were talking about getting married mm-hmm. and started with, um, he doesn't seem like he's the type of man that actually wants one and then read all of that, I would think that she was ending her marriage right. or relationship, that she was moving on because of all of the negative attributes that her old man has or mm-hmm. young man has. I'm going to say that at 25 years old, you guys are young still. And yes. I know that you don't want to hear that, but you have a lot of failures that need to happen in life to to grow from. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot of life left to experience before you really make decisions like that. But um, his actions do not show what he wants. Here are some of the things I can't seem to link with wanting a traditional marriage. He is very inconsistent. How is he inconsistent? Um, you say that he doesn't follow through with what he says he's going to do. There was it was a comma there, so you continued, but I want to break that down. A man is only as good as his word.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If I say I will be there Friday at three o'clock, I will be in the parking lot at two forty five. And that's if I hit traffic. Right. Otherwise I'm there at like two fifteen to two thirty and I'll be waiting because I want to be where I say I'm going to be because I gave my word that I'm going to be there. This is nice. That okay.
1: I'm still listening. I know. Just
0: you just bundled up over there I'm like a toasty a burrito. Yeah. Okay. I'm
1: feeling good. Um,
0: so if your man says that he's going to do something and doesn't follow through with it, that's a problem in itself and mm-hmm. a huge red flag. Right. And I hate the term red flag, but there's no other way that I can say that in a polite manner because he's a liar. If you say you're going to do something other than going to jail or dying, you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. Right. And if not, you need to acknowledge why you're not doing it. Apologize. It needs to be a thing, not just, yeah, sorry, I didn't do it. Um, he usually pays for stuff when it's convenient for him. What makes it convenient right. for him?
1: There needs to be a lot elaborated on that.
0: Are you a traditional woman now living as a traditional wife, even though you're not married yet and not working? Because if that's the case, he should be paying for everything. If right. that's the life you are currently living. Is he not financially capable of doing so? There's questions there. This is why I said in the beginning to give us as much detail as you can when you send emails. Um, he is not a gentleman.
1: I feel like we need her definition of a gentleman.
0: I think that I'm going to have to make that video of things that is expected of a gentleman. Yeah. Because people think that just because you do nice shit every once in a while that you're a gentleman, that's not the case. Mm-mm. There, There is an art to being a gentleman. It's... Um, so by her saying he's not a gentleman, when I read that, because of the way I define gentleman, he doesn't open car doors. He doesn't make sure that she's the first one out, you know, into an elevator, mm-hmm. the last one out. Doesn't do the stair thing. Doesn't do any of the things that needs to be done to keep her safe as a gentleman would. Right. Excuse me. Um, doesn't pull her chair out. You know, all of it. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot there. If you say he's not a gentleman, it tells me a lot about his character. Right. So when I read that, I'm like, you're not going to get a traditional man mm-hmm. out of somebody that's not a gentleman. Like those two things go hand in hand, in my opinion. Um, obviously, there are people on the internet who're like, well, if you know, if, if he's a traditional man, he just wants a slave. He's not a gentleman, anyways, because you know we hear that dumb shit all the time. But um, he watches porn. We discussed that already. I'm not going to get back yeah, into okay. that. Um, I will just say that that's cheating, and you shouldn't accept that. Yep. Uh, he is not driven or disciplined. How is he not driven or disciplined? Does he not wake up on time? Does he hit his snooze button fifty times in the morning? Does he not brush his teeth and put mm-hmm. on deodorant every day there Those are basic signs of discipline right does he not have a routine is, Does he not want to make more money? does he does not, he
1: spend frivolously right
0: How is he lacking discipline and not driven mm-hmm. My idea of driven is to an extreme we've, right. we've had this discussion a couple of times in the past i I take that shit way further than other people mm-hmm. to the point where I will go days without sleep sometimes um so I, I need to know how he's not driven and not disciplined. He doesn't like to plan stuff. He just goes wants to go with the flow. So in that aspect, I agree. I don't right. want to plan shit either. Unless it's a vacation or us going somewhere, I'd rather just hop in the car and go explore. Right. Um, I don't need that kind of planning. I have enough decision-making in my life that the last thing that I want to worry about is what we're having for dinner.
1: Well, when she says go with the flow, it could be applied to like, I don't know, he's not like really planning out finances. Okay. I, oh, I could see that somebody overspends and now what right now what like where's the structure instead of just going oh well we're going to get paid next Friday anyway let's just go with it
0: okay well that would that would indicate a lack of ability to lead mm-hmm. okay so that 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 also falls into you're not a man in my right. opinion right okay as far as I'm gonna go with that okay. I'm not I don't need a tap um he can't even stand up for himself how is he going to protect his whole family uh this is this is where things are going to start to get hairy for me. Yeah. I believe, and I'm going to get preachy, that a man's first duty to his family is to keep them safe. Mm-hmm. Above all else, you are to protect them. The next, next duty a man has is to provide. That's my belief. You may not believe it. People watching may not believe it. I don't give a shit. That's my belief system. And providing does not always mean finances. It could be emotional support. It could be uh, so many other things. Besides financial transactions, but that is also a part Mm of it. We have been in numerous conversations with other people on lives and videos talking about the safety aspect. And we have um, both agreed that there is a subconscious safe aspect Mm -hmm. to making a woman feel safe. Yes. Will you elaborate on any of that so that I can take a drink of my soda and stop talking for a minute? Yes.
1: So the walking... Behind me on a staircase, if we go up, walking in front of me if we go down, to catch me. Right. Making sure that I am on whichever side while we're walking in the road. That way, if I'm needed, to be protected. Right. Opening the car door, especially at night. Opening the door for me into buildings. Making sure there's no threat on the inside. When we're leaving, walking out first, make sure there's no threat on the outside. Uh, Waiting outside of the bathroom for me, if we're in a public area. Sleeping towards the door. To the door. Yeah,
0: can you? This is this list could go on and on. And oh on. yeah, can you just give a give the Bucky's experience?
1: The Bucky's experience. Yeah, that place is massive. I've never been in a Bucky's before. The first time was when we went up to Tennessee
0: on Thanksgiving Day weekend. Yes, it was. I've never been in there that busy, ever.
1: We stepped in there and I instantly got anxious. Yeah. There were
0: it had to have been three hundred people in that right. path. Yeah, it was insane.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't do well in crowded situations i get anxious i start to panic there's too many people i start thinking of like what if there's an active shooter that kind of shit and we went in there specifically to use the restroom and then grab some snacks
0: and a car charger
1: it was like walking through a walmart to get to that restroom Mm -hmm. and at one point i don't remember if i put my hand on your shoulder or if you just took my hand and put it into your belt at some point
0: somebody bumped into me yeah. And I turned around and grabbed your hand to make sure that you were there. Right. And I stuck your hand in my belt, not in my belt loop, but mm-hmm. behind my leather belt. Right. And and before anybody goes, oh, you let her around the store like a dog. No, I made sure that she was safe. I made sure that if somebody grabbed her that I would feel that tug and I could I could lay down the law if I needed to.
1: Right. And like <clears throat> in that moment before you did that, like with my anxiety, it's like TV static in my mind. It's that same sound too. Right. Like I can still hear the outside world, but there's that static sound over everything. So I can't focus on anything. The lights are too bright, too many people. I can feel people's body heat as they're passing me. You grabbed my hand and put it into your belt and instantly everything went down like three notches. And I felt like I could breathe. That subconscious feeling of knowing that you thought to put my hand back there to keep me safe, Mm -hmm. knowing that I'm still behind you made me feel safer and my body just regulated. Right.
0: So subconsciously you knew because I knew mm-hmm. that if somebody's bumping into me that they could be doing it to you. Right. And the moment that they bump my shoulder, they immediately apologize. Oh, sorry, man, you know, whatever. Mm. But I knew that if that could happen to me, it could certainly happen to you because I know what I look like. Right. So people are normally paying attention to me. I don't have to worry about where I'm walking as much because people will, oh, God, look at that dude. And they'll get out of my way. They don't do that to women. So when I dude bump my shoulder, my knee-jerk reaction was to grab your hand, and I, was, I would have normally pulled you to, to my side and held your hand. Mm-hmm. There was nowhere to walk in there. There wasn't. So my only option was to have you put your hand next to my firearm so that we could walk through the, the, the place. Um, and granted, I don't think that you would have ever actually drawn my weapon, but you could have in the event that you needed to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, there's a lot that goes into all of that. That whole scenario for me, like it wasn't something that I, I didn't do. it. Like, okay, I know she's panicking. My thought process was if somebody grabbed my woman, it might take me a second to realize they've grabbed her. Right. So for me, it was a, I need to protect my family kind of thing.
2: Right.
0: So that the whole point of me bringing that up is the subconscious safety. When you know subconsciously that your man is going to keep you safe, you don't have to think about it anymore. I've done enough that you know that your safety is a priority. <coughs> if you are in a relationship with a man and you do not believe that he is capable of of keeping you safe, there is a whole lot of problems that are gonna happen there. Yeah. And I don't even know how to have that conversation because in the event that you ever came to me and told me that I you didn't feel safe with me, I would have a full meltdown mm-hmm. because that is one of the things that I pride myself on. Right. So yeah, my 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 sin in that aspect is my pride. Like I I have an ego when it comes to safety. Um, my situa- situational awareness is off the chain. Like there are a lot of things that I, I pride myself in in that aspect. Right. I assume, and you shouldn't do that, that all men have that. I know that that's definitely not the case. Mm-hmm. So how do you, as a woman, tell a man that you are with that you do not feel safe with him without having a nuclear meltdown with that dude? Is it even possible? Because you're going to hurt their ego because right. everyone thinks they're John Wick.
1: One way or another, that their feelings are going to be hurt. I, I would address it as... Leading with. So she said that he doesn't defend himself. Mm. I would bring up that first. I'd be like, you know, I noticed X, Y, and Z. You didn't defend yourself. You know, you're worth more than that happening to you. Like you're a person. Mm -hmm. You're valid in your feelings. People putting you down that way, you shouldn't stand for it. Have self-worth. Like as your woman, it hurts me to see you put down. And then from there... There's really no polite way to say I don't feel safe with you.
0: I would also like to add that if you are somebody that is not physically capable of defending yourself because there are people out there who don't fight. Right. I get it. There are people out there who live their entire life and never been hit in the face. That's mm-hmm. fine. You don't have to be a gun-toting badass. You're not going to be John Wick. If you don't have training, you will never be that guy. I don't care how angry you think you're going to get and see red and, and wreck everyone. It doesn't work that way. The best way to avoid danger is to recognize the threat and get the hell out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. So for me, even though I am capable of violence and, and I'm comfortable with it, I'm not trying to stick around in a situation where there's things going on. I want to get you and the kids completely out of harm's way, get in the car and get out of Dodge. That's the, the best way to keep you safe. Right. So if he doesn't have the ability or the physical capability or any kind of training and he is that guy, his situational awareness needs to be at a 10 at all times to avoid being in a dangerous situation. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only way that that is going to be a conversation where he's not going to have a full meltdown.
1: You know, I I also just thought about this. In the beginning of that email, she said that they've had conversations about being in a traditional marriage. Right. Why hasn't the expectations of what a traditional marriage is, like why hasn't that been brought up? Why hasn't that been discussed?
0: That's a good question. I I didn't even think of that.
1: Right. I feel like that should be you want me to do these things as your traditional wife. This is what I expect from you as my traditional husband right. and bringing up being safe. I feel like that's a really good way to do it. Yeah. Say, this is what you want. What do you want from me as a traditional wife? Have him lay it out and then you lay out your expectations. And if you say, you know, safety is a big thing for me. I want to be safe with you as my husband. List the things that will make you feel safe. Yeah, that gives him something to work towards instead of just shitting on him. Yeah,
0: that's you're absolutely right. That is that is going to be the best way. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to skip the next line. Oh, actually, I'm not. I'm going to read the next one because there's only a couple sentences. She says, "I think by traditional he means I clean and cook, and he works, but he doesn't understand what it's like to have a traditional marriage with a traditional wife. I want to cook, clean, be a mother, be my husband's peace. Fuck yeah, love that. Mm -hmm. Make our house a home." Sorry for the F-bomb. Uh, make our house a home, but I don't see how I can do that with a man that. And then she lists these in numbers. And it's funny that we just went on that that rant about protection because the very first one says can't stand up for himself. How will he protect slash defend a family? Mm-hmm. Number two is complains pay, uh, about paying for stuff. How will he be a provider? Uh, three, doesn't know what he wants. How will he lead? Which I want to come back to that. Number four is not willing to sacrifice anything for the relationship, and five behaves like a teenager. All men behave like teenagers. We are all yeah. all big kids. The only difference between me and any 15-year-old on the planet is I can afford my toys. I fart on people at Target. I crop dust aisles. I make fart jokes constantly. Yeah. If I'm in the bathroom and somebody farts, I'm going to try to fart louder. Like I am a giant child. So if you have a man... That doesn't act like a teenager. He's like one of a half of a percent of men. Right. We are big mm-hmm. children. <laughs> I, I know men who are in their sixties that still throw food at each other. The, the, just the way we are. Mm-hmm. You know that is a normal thing for men to do. So, in that aspect, hopefully, that's the only way he behaves like a teenager. In I feel the like event we need that, more of elaborate, right? Because there's a lot of things that can go on with a teenage right. thing. But I, I'm sticking more on a maturity level. Mm-hmm. We are giant children. Um. We talked about the pain for things. How will he be a provider? We don't need to really get into that anymore. Doesn't know what he wants. How will he lead? I got hung up on this the first time I read this email mm-hmm. because that is the third step, in my opinion, of what a man is supposed to do. Right. To, you know, and you can go to the order man, protect, provide, preside. Preside literally just means lead. Mm-hmm. If you have a traditional household and your woman is submitting to you, it is your job to make the decisions and lead your family. In the event that you have somebody that says they want a traditional value marriage and they are incapable of leading, you cannot have a traditional value marriage, period. Mm-hmm. There's no way for that to happen. Even if the other two boxes are checked, if the leadership ability is not there, you cannot have that that leadership. You don't have that relationship. Right. The trust isn't there. You're incapable of of, of actually leading your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of ways that you can lead your family. It doesn't necessarily mean just you know in life. It could be religiously. It could be... There's a lot that can encompass in that. How are you going to raise a child? How are you going to raise a son and make him a man if you are failing at being a man? These are questions that need to be had mm-hmm. if you are going to have a traditional value relationship in any way. Um, I, I really get hung up on that. So I want you, because you have, I know I'm putting you on the spot, you have given me, uh, did we talk about this already? Or was that earlier today? The the right to make decisions?
1: Yeah, no, that was earlier today.
0: Okay, not during this podcast. No. Okay. You have given me the authority to make decisions in our relationship. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is. Yep. If I woke up tomorrow morning and said, we're moving to Tennessee, pack your bags, you'd be like, okay, we're moving to Tennessee.
2: Yeah,
1: I'd ask you what kind of, what color underwear you want me to pack for yeah. you.
0: You would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that you would be happy that I made that decision without talking to you. And I, I, as a man, would not make that decision without having it out with you first, because I want to make sure that you are provided for. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean financially. If I pull you away from everything that you know here and move you to another state, you are going to have things that are not there for you that you have here we would have to have a conversation before I made the decision to do that. Right. Yeah. But you trust me to lead. So in the event that I do anything and I fail, that result mm-hmm. and the accountability and even the blame falls solely on my shoulders. Yeah. We have a traditional dynamic. Mm-hmm. If you have a man who is lazy, cannot defend you, cannot provide for you and cannot lead your home. Um, <laughs> You think he has a weed addiction. I that, I don't know why I even brought that up that's on here. I, I don't have an issue with weed, but um, he doesn't like to plan. He's kind of lazy. Um, he's not a gentleman. He watches porn. All of these horrible things that you've laid out here, and I call them horrible because to me those are things that I strongly disagree with. Mm-hmm. How could you trust the decision-making process of a man in that scenario? I wouldn't. It's just not possible. No. You, there,
1: there's no beating around the bush of trying to figure that out. No. If I do not trust your decision making, you're not making decisions.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> now that we've read all of that, yeah. the very next sentence says, now here's my problem. Mm. The problem is what we just read. Yeah. That's the problem. That's right? a
1: huge problem.
0: I want to help him. I say my problem because I know it is not my job to fix anyone but myself. I genuinely want to help him. I know he has some childhood stuff that has accumulated over time that made him extremely insecure, and I feel like uh, that could be the cause of all this. Kudos to you for recognizing that you can't change other people. That is huge. You have to take accountability and fix you. That's all you can do. Right. Go ahead.
1: I am super confused. Are we... Is she looking for advice on how to tell her man how she wants a traditional marriage, or is she trying to look for an out...
0: Ooh, I didn't read it that way. I want to help him. I say my problem because I know it's not my job to fix anyone but myself, but I genuinely want to help him. So I, I think that it, I think that she's looking to try to make him a better man. Um, she then went on to write, here's a bit of a background. He is a very shy guy, not many friends. He has mentioned many times he doesn't like people, doesn't really start a conversation unless someone else starts one first. He doesn't like attention and is not needy. For what he has told me about him and some things I have noticed myself, he has daddy issues. Uh, What I mean by that is, dad was absent because they were extremely poor and dad had to work a lot. His dad has never been emotionally present, never really told him nice things uh, when he was accomplished or when he accomplished something, but instead he was very quick to be harsh. And as soon as he messed up, his family was not very affectionate and demonstrated affection. Uh, sympathy for each other this resulted in an emotional unavailable man whom I'm now dating I um I don't do excuses Mm -mm. I don't and and I I view that paragraph that entire paragraph as an excuse I didn't have any of that growing up Mm -hmm. I had a very strange relationship with my stepdad barely knew my father at all The man that I am is because of men that I saw doing men's shit that I wanted to be like. JJ, for example, Mm -hmm. that man killed himself driving trucks and making sure that he was home at dinner every night. And my mom made sure that every night they had food on the table. They would pray together and they would have dinner. Mm -hmm. I saw JJ as a man. I recognized this man is doing everything that a man is supposed to do, and I aspired to be that way. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: JJ never gave me life lessons. He taught me how to drive a stick shift. He never had like, this is the way a man is supposed to do things. You, you don't yell at your woman. You, you pull their chair out. I didn't get any of those lessons from right. him. It was just observed. I watched and I knew that I would rather be that man than the man who puts his hands on a woman. hmm Everything that I, I've gone through and taught myself has been trial and error. I have made a lot of mistakes and I have failed a ton. But I know I will never be this guy because I want to be this guy. hmm and if that means I have to read 200 books in a year to gain 5% better me, I'm reading those 200 books because in five years, I'm going to be 25% better me. Right. Um. You can't fix anyone. No, you can't. You can do the dirty work and you can become the best version of you and hope that he sees that and goes, damn, she stepped her game up. And if I want to keep this badass woman I got, I'm going to have mm-hmm. to step my game up. This is where I got really angry last yeah. time in this email. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to move on. You got something that you want to, because otherwise I'm going to start talking I'm, shit.
1: I'm genuinely, I'm torn on how to respond to this email because it's, she listed everything.
0: That she knows is a problem.
1: That, that she knows is a problem. And
0: everything, every single one of those things goes against traditional values.
1: Yes. So she wants traditional values. Mm-hmm. This is not that. No. I, I can't tell you how to fix him. I, I can't give advice on how to change his patterns of thinking. Right. To lay all of this out to him is going to ask him to rewire his brain. That's a lot for somebody to do. It,
0: it's possible, though. It is possible. It is absolutely possible if he wants mm-hmm. to be that person for her. Right. The communication has to happen. If Okay, so in the event that we were to give any type of advice on this Mm -hmm. entire scenario, the only thing that we could do is be communicative. Make sure that you are communicating in his language so that he understands what you're laying down. Work on being the best version of you and tell him that these are the things that you want and hope that he's willing to match that because otherwise there's nothing that you can do. You could be the most badass woman on the planet if he doesn't want to be that person. It's just not going to happen.
2: Right.
1: I stand by what I said. I no, I agree with it. I'm not. Uh, no, no, no. I, I mean, okay. prior, I bring up the traditional values again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: From my understanding, this has been conversations. It wasn't just a one time. This is what we're looking for. I don't think it was though. I,
0: I don't. I don't believe that these were in depth conversations. I'm not saying in depth, but it sounds okay. like it's.
1: It's been a couple of conversations, like maybe in passing or a couple of sentences. Right. There really needs to be one sit down in depth. You guys drop what you expect from each other in a traditional relationship. And I think that's the best way to approach it without shitting on him as a human being. Because growing up, he didn't have that as an example. You know, he grew up with his mom. His dad was working his ass off, wasn't really emotionally available. That's, that's the most gentle approach. And really the only advice I can give because from there, it all depends on what he's willing to do. Only thing she can do is just bring it up.
0: I think that it's also fair to say that at 25 years old there are not a lot of men mm-hmm. who are mentally and emotionally mature enough to maintain a traditional value marriage. Men are not men the way that they were. You know what I mean? The greatest generation were going to war at 17 and 18 years old. Right. They <laughs> were, they were coming back fucked, you know, mentally they were just not right. And that made hard men. Mm-hmm. Hard men made soft soft times made soft times made soft men. You know, as Joe Rogan says, that's that's where we're at. We're in the time of soft men. Mm-hmm. When you have a world where everything is catered to you in, in America, everything is catered to us. We get, you know, the newest everything all the time, the food in abundance, water in abundance okay. that we don't really want for much. Um, <laughs> I think that I read something the other day that said that our lowest minimum wage still makes 10 to 15 percent more than third world countries do in an entire year. Wow. So an average lower wage job is twenty thousand dollars on average. Most third world countries make between a thousand and two thousand dollars a year for you know a single family. <clears throat> so we are doing much better than the rest of the world in terms of even our poverty lines. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we don't struggle the way that we used to. Until you go through shit, you don't evolve. It's why people who go to prison young come out and they're very different men. They're much more mature than older guys. Be- you know because the people their age, mm-hmm. because you don't have the choice to not wise up while you're locked down or you'll die. Right. So, in the scenario where you've got 225-year-old kids, a woman at 25 years old is leaps and bounds beyond where this young man is. Mm-hmm. The things that she wants, she's giving her best years to a child. It's the only way that I can word that without being cruel. Right. Because he doesn't know about being a man yet. Mhm. He's not a father. He's not married. He's not really gone through anything major in life. I mean, maybe he has. I, I don't know. But I would say that as a whole, most 18 to 25 year old kids, they're crying about having to work. And they're right. crying about having to work a full-time job, 32 to 40 hours a week. Who gives a shit? When I was 25 years old, I was working 80 hours at a time. You right. know? Um there I, I don't know. There's a lot that that plays into that with me. And I think the age is a huge factor in this. And I think a lack of life experience plays into that. And I think that for a woman at 25 years old who wants traditional value, she needs to be looking at men over 30. I agree. I don't think that you're going to find that in a 25-year-old man. Mm-hmm. I just don't. And I could be wrong. There could be some dot-com kid who made you know millions of dollars in crypto or something that could fully give you that life that you want, but it's only going to be superficial. You're not going to get the emotional maturity. You're not going to get the protection. You're just going to get the provision in terms of finances and to be you know not working.
1: That's why I'm with an older man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> life lessons.
1: Oh, man. Your mind is just
0: <laughs> um, So she said that she has talked to him about his um, emotional unavailability, and I know that he has work uh, through this to be more emotionally present, and open at least with me, but I feel like after a couple months, he stops putting in the effort to continue to work towards it. He continues uh, I'm sorry, he works on something when I'm mad or disappointed. But with time, he stops working on whatever we agreed on. I feel like he functions by punishment because that's what he got used to when he was a kid.
1: Sounds like he's still in the mindset of a
0: kid. Mommy issues. So why would you ever want to be emotionally invested in a man who only responds to you when in trouble? Right. That doesn't sound like an appealing life.
1: Mm-mm. It sounds like I have another child.
0: Right. So everybody that, that now that I, we've read this email and mm-hmm. kind of broke this down the way that we did, if you send us an email, you may not get what you want from us. Right. <laughs> and I need to be clear. I'm not going to sugarcoat things and I'm not going to give you false perspectives. If yeah. I see a situation the way I see a situation, you're getting honesty from me. I'm sorry if that doesn't work out to what you were hoping for, but there's nothing here that I can give this woman that's going to make her life better other than... I don't think this is going to work because truthfully I don't. Mm -hmm. But if you believe he's capable of change, you need to write down what you expect. So the expectations are listed. Like you said, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you need to have a very long conversation of what you believe a traditional value marriage looks like. You need to have access to the finances to make sure that you can dictate in the event that he fails. Right. And you need to find a way to make sure that he is a capable leader and is capable of leading your family. That is going to take a lot of time. And in the event that you marry this man in a year Mm -hmm. and it takes five years to figure out whether or not he's going to actually do this or be capable of this, what happens if you want this and it fails? It's a lot.
1: It is a lot. If this were me in the scenario, it's been two years and seven months. I have come to this conclusion if I have an in-depth conversation of expectations going forward out of a traditional relationship, if that doesn't change within like a month or two, and I don't start to see like a progress, even a 5% change, I would move on. This person has already shown me that their actions and their words are two different things. Right. And you can even pick one thing. And in two months, if there's not a 5% difference, I'd be like, okay, so it's been a while. I've noticed no change. At this point, is this something that you truly want with me? I'm not about wasting time. I've wasted a lot of time in my life. And it hurts my heart a little bit, like hearing that email. Mm -hmm. Because one of two things is going to happen. She's going to stay. He says he's going to work on it he has shown he would work on it and then stop and he'll work on it and then stop. And there's repercussions and he'll work on it and then he'll stop. People will stay in a situation like that for 10 or 15 years, hoping that things are going to get better.
0: And waste the best years of their lives. Right. So. And there's no saying that, that even if this was a perfect scenario that mm-hmm. in 20 years that they're going to have the perfect scenario still people grow and change. And, right. and that happens. So I'm not saying that this is a guaranteed yes or no, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you're guaranteed to waste your time, right?
1: right. It's just, we're, we're talking about multiple outcomes right. of what could happen.
0: I just, I guess, want to be clear that we don't like telling people that this isn't going to work. Right. I would much rather see people succeed, mm-hmm. but I have to believe that's going to be the case for me to, to hype that up. Right. And nothing in this tells me that that's the case. And I could be wrong. This dude could be an amazing person. Now, mm-hmm. if you were in love, you're two years, seven months in, mm-hmm. a ring gets put on your finger. Are you accepting that proposal based off of the conversations in this email? No. Would you tell him why? Yeah. Okay.
1: I think before I even got to the point of him proposing to me, I would lay out these kinds of things. If it got to the point of a marriage proposal and nothing has been discussed, that's a problem because at that point you're becoming complacent with how things are. And in five or 10 years when you want to start bringing these things up, they, too late. they're already in routine. Like that's, their pattern of behavior it's going to be much harder mm-hmm. for a 40-year-old to unlearn habits versus a 25-year-old.
0: It's a long time to be with somebody and not affect change. Mm-hmm.
1: We see it constantly though. I know we
0: do. I know we do. This is this is one of those emails that kind of breaks my heart because this chick is super optimistic and she's coming to us for help. Like she wants to make this work with this dude but he's not showing her that he wants to make it work. Right. And she's holding on for hope that this is still feasible. And she's coming to us because she wants us to, to be like, hey, you got this.
1: What, what is it? A nihilist? Is that a person who sees negative in situations?
0: I don't know. I'd have for to sure Google the word. A nihilist? Been a, it's been a while. <laughs> All right. I don't
1: know. I, I like to expect the worst outcome. That way I don't hype myself up too much.
2: It's a
0: pessimist.
1: Is it a pessimist? I would start with the conversation. See how he handles a conversation. And if it's good and he's receptive and you're seeing change and you don't have to reprimand him for him to keep doing that change, that's a dope-ass sign.
0: Nihilism is extreme skepticism, maintaining that nothing in the world has real existence. Um, in the noun version, it means the rejection of all religious or moral principles and the belief that life is meaningless. Huh. So you're close. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have other questions. We're an hour and 23 minutes in. So okay. I'm comfortable for going at least another 30 minutes. I would go another 30 minutes. Okay.
1: So before you get into questions, I want you to talk about somebody asked if you have a work wife.
0: No. No, I fucking don't. Sorry, mom.
1: I would I would throw down over that. I have
0: had them. That was something that I didn't see as a problem before. Mm -hmm. When you work 40 to, let's say 60 to eight hours, right? Especially in the industry that we were in, Mm -hmm. you are around those people more than you are around your family because you are there six to seven days a week, long, long hours. Mm -hmm. Those people become your extended family. You become friends and ironically enough, when they move and and people quit, you don't ever really speak to them again. It's really weird the way that the industry works, but In some cases, they remain cool, but they're not friends. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, So because of my previous situation, my previous marriage, we all worked together, Mm -hmm. including my wife. So for me to have a work wife, she had one as well. We had people in the studio that we referred to as such. Mm -hmm. Both of us did. As I have done the dirty work, realized my shortcomings and things that I don't agree with, because I believe that opens doors that shouldn't be opened, um, I'm able to say indefinitely that I was wrong and that that is not okay. And I know that it's not okay because I have had inappropriate conversations with people complaining about my situation when I was younger instead of just bottling it up because I didn't have anyone to talk to. Mm -hmm. So when you go to a person of the opposite sex and do that, I guarantee you, you are going to get a negativity bias from the person you were talking to about your partner. Yeah. Period. So, now that I've owned that and everybody is clear that Mm -hmm. I was guilty of that at one point in life, I 100% do not agree with that term. I do not agree that in any circumstance, literally any circumstance, that you should ever talk to the opposite sex about what goes on in your home. Period. Full stop. Mm -hmm. If there's S.A., domestic violence, any threat of your physical harm, you go to somebody that can stop it, mm-hmm. not to a coworker that you want to vent to and get sympathy and attention from. And I use that term because I know people who have used those situations for attention from other people. I've witnessed it. Yeah. Um, I've also known women, personally known women, who have been in dom-sub relationships, who like it rough, who have gotten left and use the photos of their bruises to get men arrested for domestic violence. That's a whole different conversation. But in the event that you are having a serious threat, you go to the police, you go to a counselor, you go to your church, Mm -hmm. you go to a man that can provide you with protection (coughs) and out, that's a different scenario. Mm -hmm. Having a a life-threatening situation being brought to your coworkers it's not a life threatening situation. Right. If you're willing to sit through that and you're you're afraid for your life and you're willing to stay, you're not afraid. And I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe that if you do stay, you have a firearm and you know that you can put a hole in somebody and in that whole threat. That's my belief system. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be people who disagree. I don't really care. I don't want to hear your opinion on it. That's your opinion. I've stated mine. You don't like it. I don't care. Right. Beyond that, you and I have an argument, right? Mm-hmm. Say that you make breakfast in the morning and I'm getting ready for work and you ask me a question and I'm reading something on my phone and I half answer you and you catch an attitude and I catch an attitude back. That's a very plausible scenario. Right. I would say that it happens at least once a week for most normal couples.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I then go to work and I've got a chip on my shoulder and the work wife goes, hey, what's wrong? You don't seem like your normal self today. And I go, well, you know, Chris made a comment out of the side of her neck this morning and and, and she really pissed me off. That's not how that conversation would go. That is a PG version of how that conversation would go. Then the work wife is going to go, well, you know, she just doesn't appreciate you. Or maybe, you know, maybe she's just having a bad day. The chances of her actually just saying that you're having a bad day or putting the blame on the work husband mm-hmm. is min- minor. It's minuscule. Right. The likelihood of them her saying something negative about the partner is much, much higher.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Then... I'm going to be like, well, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe I I really don't deserve that. You know, I I deserve better than this. So then I come home at the end of the day after having discussions with the quote unquote work wife about how I deserve better. So now I come home with an ego, an attitude, and a belief that my shit doesn't stink because somebody had my back all day long. So when I walk in after not talking too much throughout the day because we had a little spat, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you say, hey, honey, how was work? And I don't respond in a positive manner because I think my shit doesn't stink now. And I have a negativity bias towards you because I deserve better. How do you think our evening is going to go? It's not. It's not. You don't do that. No. You keep that personal shit to yourself. Mm -hmm. If you have a bad time in the morning, before you leave for work, you go, babe, I'm really sorry that I talked to you like that. I love you. And I don't want to go out this door knowing that I could get in a car accident on the way to work. I want you to know that I fucking love you Unconditionally. And when I come home, we're going to have a better night, I promise. See how easy that is? Yeah. I, just, I just quenched the entire fire. It's gone. Yeah. It's not even smoldering at this point. It's just a little bit of steam. I get to come home at night. We get to have dinner. Yeah, can watch TV on the couch. We can have some intimacy. We can have a conversation about how our day went. And nobody has an opinion about what's going on in our lives because I kept my mouth shut.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I absolutely, 100%, will die on this hill Yeah, You do not have a work wife or work husband, period. Mm -hmm. Getting worked up. I'm so sorry.
1: (laughs) You said love you unconditionally and my mind went blank and I was just looking at you and I was like, oh, when he says that, he means me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not hard.
1: It's really not. And,
0: you know, I'm a big advocate of not yelling. It takes a lot for me to raise my voice. And I apologize immediately when it happens. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the guy that treats you horribly because I can't control my my temper
2: right.
0: or my emotions, whatever you, however you want to look at that. Mm-hmm. So in the event that I start getting mad, which doesn't happen often, but I, I will get frustrated and that frustration will raise my voice a few octaves.
2: Right.
0: If that happens, I stop what I'm doing and my response is always the same thing. I love you and I don't want to talk to you like that. I just need a second to to regain my composure and we will continue the discussion. Just give me a minute. Mm. And it will be as calm as that because I've already raised my voice and I'm already resentful that I, re- or um, remorseful that I raised my voice. We have conversations because we don't yell at each other. Right. We don't call each other names. We are intentional with the things that we say when we are frustrated. Um, in the event that we get to the point where we are not able to articulate ourselves properly, we take five. Mm-hmm. We calm down enough that we can continue our conversation. It, is not hard to simply be civil with the person you love accurate i don't understand why anyways so there's all that yeah we're getting questions on our youtube videos oh yeah yeah
1: all right so glad you had that stance because the whole time you were talking about a work wife i'd be like i'd beat your ass and i'd go and beat her ass get him babe (laughs) don't play with me
0: what do you do if your partner will not communicate? Every time there's an issue, he ignores me until I pretend shit's okay uh, and I pretend all these unresolved issues and lack of emotional intimacy in the relationship aren't getting to me anymore.
1: I would get him a red nose because he'd be acting like a fucking clown. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that wasn't the question. How do you get him to communicate? Because she's, <sighs> she's basically being invalidated. Right. And... Having to basically get over her shit I, without I, being able to talk to her partner about
1: it—it's so frustrating for me because I don't comprehend how people can just not care about their partner's feelings.
0: I agree. I also don't understand why people would stay in situations like that because right. that's not something that just develops.
1: No, that, that that has been a persistent thing, and now it's getting to the point where it's becoming so overwhelming. It's a problem. At, mm.
0: So how I'm stuttering? How do you feel? What are your, your tips on trying to get your partner to communicate?
1: Implement the weekly check-ins.
0: Yeah? That would be your starting point?
1: It would be, yeah. I, I would bring it up. I would prompt it as we have a hard time communicating. One of us gets frustrated. You feel like I'm attacking you. I don't understand how I'm coming across as attacking to you. I feel like we need to have a session set up once a week where we can just speak unfiltered and have no defenses against each other. And in those conversations, it needs to be asked, because it said he walks away, right? Mm-hmm. Ask him, how am I articulating myself that gets you so frustrated you walk away from me? Because I, w- with what I'm saying I'm to sorry, you... I'm
0: sorry, it says that he ignores her. He sorry. ignores her. Yeah, not walks away, ignores her. Same thing.
1: He's shutting down. Yeah. I would ask him what's causing him to shut down. Like, what am I saying that doesn't make you want to engage in this conversation anymore? And you have to be prepared for whatever that answer it is. It could be totally irrational to you, but for him, it's a very real thing because he's clearly checking out of your conversation. Right. Oh,
0: excuse me.
1: Right, we're old. I'm tired. I know.
0: It's only seven thirty. I know.
1: <laughs> Six thirty.
0: It's what. Oh, I'm looking at a screenshot from 7:30, and you're the one who's baked over there. Yep. Wow, I'm a twat. (laughs) I can't
2: read.
1: I was like 7:30. Yeah, I just—I was so
0: confused as to why my watch said 6:35 and my phone said 7:28. Just now, I—I couldn't get it, and then I realized I was looking at a screenshot from TikTok. Oh, man. All right. Sorry about that unexpected jump, guys. We had a knock on our door, which never happens unannounced. So, of course, I had to go check. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what we've experienced tonight because the entire point of us doing this podcast is to help people. Mm -hmm. We want people to be better. We want to help people work on their relationship, communication, and things like that. And I feel like because of the emails that we read tonight that we were not able to deliver on that. Right. I feel like there was a lot of shortcomings on our parts because we were presented with impossible scenarios. When right. you go to therapy, if you make your spouse go to therapy with you and you do couples therapy and one person is completely checked out, the therapy will not work, Right. right? So in the event that you have... Two people wanting or one person in a relationship wanting to resolve something and the other person not willing to do the work and not willing to help or engage or anything like that. There's nothing that therapists really can do other than sit there and stare at each other. Mm -hmm. I could give you guys examples on how to talk to your partner and, and try to give advice until I'm blue in the face. But if your partner doesn't want to make changes, it's not going to happen. And I feel like both of these, for instances, the partner just wants to do what they want to do and doesn't really care about the other person. Right. And I feel like shit because the entire point of this is we want to help.
1: I mean, sometimes it's just too far gone. Yeah. You know, waiting nine years into a relationship to try and fix things. It's possible, but it's going to be very, very difficult. But he would have to want to do that. Right.
0: And and everything that she says indicates that he's not willing to put the effort in to move forward. Um, same thing with the other email. You know, they're, they're young in it. it was at 25 years old, they both you know, want what they say they want, but I feel like they need to have conversations. I don't feel like they're too far gone. I feel like there's a whole lot of conversations that need to be had between the two of them and they need to start learning life lessons and trying to figure out how to fall into the roles that they want for each other. And I think in that aspect, the most important thing there is that they lay out contracts. Like, this is what I expect of you. This is what you expect of me. This is what I'm going to do. This is how we're going to do it moving forward. Communication money, blah, 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 right? Right. Which we talked about all of that, but... I think because that email has such a negative undertone to me from who he is, it makes me feel like I don't know what to tell you. Um, I really feel like I kind of dropped the ball tonight with all this. Why? <laughs> I just do. I, I don't want to be the guy that's telling people it's too far gone. I want to be optimistic and be like, hey, these are not problems, they're opportunities. hmm like you, you have, you have figured out all of the things that you view wrong with what you want from your partner and, and you can fix these things, but you can't, you have to lay out what you want them to fix and hope that they're willing to do it. That does come down to communication. Right. You have to be able to articulate, this is the way I want things to go. You have, you have to know how your partner communicates. You have to know how they're going to receive these things. so that These conversations can be had and you can start to move forward. Mm but I felt like these were super negative undertone. And I don't know if that was because of the way that I, I perceived them because this the long email from the 25-year-olds, the that first paragraph, if it didn't say that they were going to get married, I would think that this is the I'm leaving him and here's why letter. Right. Did you see that? Did you feel that way when you read it? Because
1: I, I, I still feel like now it's more of a... I don't view that as how can I fix the situation like you've laid out everything that's wrong with the relationship Mm -hmm. and towards the end she's like I understand it's my problem I can't fix anybody but myself but I want to help him I didn't hear anything about how to better their relationship together she just wanted to help him progress and I'm fairly certain towards the end of that she's like even if it doesn't work between us he needs to be better for his next relationship
0: holy shit it actually does say that I didn't read that last line because I thought it was just a general hey Mm -hmm. thanks for your help kind of thing she actually does say that now. How can I help him? It's not my job to fix him, but I want to at least try because even if we break up, things need to be addressed before being in another relationship. So I want to help him, but I'm not sure where to start any advice. I, I mean, it sounds like she's accepting the fact that this isn't going to work. Yeah. Right? Am it I sounds wrong like in an that? Acceptance okay. letter, yeah. that i mean that that kind of that last line changes my perspective on things a little bit it does kind of solidify what i was feeling it doesn't make me feel like i'm failing them as much mm-hmm. i do think that you need to lay out your expectations right. he needs to a definitive this is what a traditional marriage looks like this is what um a traditional value looks like. This is how I want to be perceived as a traditional wife. Here's what I'm willing to do. Here's what you would need to do for that to be the thing. Mm -hmm. If this is not what you want, then you need to define to me what a traditional value marriage is. Like explain this so that I am on the same page as the way you see it. And then from there, they can have conversations on whether or not it's worth them pursuing that further. Because there are people out there who may want a traditional value situation, but are willing to settle for less. Right. Because if you love someone, you love someone. It doesn't matter what the situation will be. There are people that will ride or die through the mud and and never have anything in life. As long as they're together, that's enough. So. <laughs> um, I don't really have much more than that.
1: Yeah, I, I think we hit all the bullet points on this.
0: Okay. Um, we are finalizing the Patreon setup so that we can start doing live calls with people. Mm -hmm. Um, We are limiting, uh, we are going to have three tiers. They will be a single session phone call once a month, a bi-weekly and a weekly phone call, uh, Zoom time, whatever you want to call it, FaceTime with us um, at three different prices. One of them will have email opportunities so that we can go over dieting and training and things like that to um, really effectively life coach and try to make change but we are still trying to figure out price points and things like that. So um, if that's something that you want to get on because the slots are limited, we are only going to do uh, 10 weekly, 10 bi-weekly, and six weekly calls. So mm-hmm. if you want to get in on any of those, send us an email and let us know that you want to be a part of that so that we can pencil you in before we go live with it so we, we know to send you the link before we go public with it so you can get into those slots because once they're, they're full, we're not taking on mm-hmm. new clients. And um, once that gets established and running, the prices will increase. But if you get in at what we're doing it at initially, you'll be able to maintain that until you decide you don't need us anymore. So with that being said, uh, I know it's Sunday, the the time that you're watching this, so Merry Christmas. I hope that you guys had a very good holiday. Um, I hope you had lots of yummy food. I hope the kids got lots of gifts and Santa didn't destroy your roof with a reindeer and uh, all that fun stuff.
1: Thanks for joining us on Christmas.
0: Yeah. Even though it's Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good night, guys.